You're listening to Creed and Deed, a podcast discussing biblical truth and its application to everyday life. today and we're popping some shots in the background here we are some basketball shots by the way if you're online the podcast might be confused of that i got a basketball goal in the background on the video but here's the deal when you are walking with the lord oh did i just lose my spot here i'm here no, you're there. i'm still here i'm you're still here. here when we're when you're walking with the lord <clears throat> uh the lord he gives you what you need for the time that you need it, Tim. That's right. Amen. Amen. Are, are you referring to he, the Lord giving us, granting us faster Wi-Fi out here in Oklahoma? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Tim that's just got new about. Wi-Fi, so we we got what we needed to produce some videos. Now you get to see our beautiful faces as we speak to one another in if I can love out how to and put unity. It on Oh, that's right. You can do all things, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, hey, I Tim, just, I just do it all. We're taking yeah. these, we're taking these ancient truths and uh, bringing them to everyday life. Here, we're back in Genesis chapter twenty-eight. By the way, can you summarize the first twenty-seven verses uh, for us very quickly? Yeah. So this has been a, a long but very rewarding, good journey. Um, God, God has created everything. He's created it good. Uh, he placed mankind in a garden, and uh, mankind rebelled. And as a result, God's judgment was cast down upon them. Uh, he cursed the serpent that deceived them. And uh, in his curse upon the serpent, there is a, uh, a, a promise that the serpent's head will be crushed. Uh, and so so really, the, the question that comes immediately from that passage is, how, how will this happen? And so uh, uh, the, the rest of the Old Testament is, is seeking to answer that question of crushing the head of the serpent. And so we see that God is going to uh, work through a particular family, a part- particular group of people. He's called Abraham. Uh, and he's promised him that he's going to make him a great name, that he's going to make him uh, a great nation, that he's going to give him land, and that through him uh, that all the earth, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so mankind will be brought back into uh, an Eden-like relationship with him. And so uh, the remainder of Genesis is, 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 is getting to see this play out of God's God's plan for, for redemption for humanity. Um, and so uh, you, you, would, you would expect that, um, man, these people, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be superstars and they're going to be, you know, God's perfect chosen people and they're just going to do everything right. Uh, but reality is that is not the case, that this family is just as messed up as the other families of the earth. 
they struggle with fear. They struggle with doubts. They uh, are are uh, deceivers. They lie. They steal. They cheat. Uh, and so, so, and that's what we saw the last time from Genesis twenty seven is is the, is just a, a completely messed up family of Isaac. Uh, not wanting to do things that God has planned. And he, so he's going to orchestrate his own blessing to try to bless the son that he likes better. Uh, Rebecca deceives her husband. Uh, Esau is just completely full of rebellion. We'll see that again today. Uh, and, and, and Jacob, you know, I, I entitled our last episode, Jake the Snake, because that's what he is. He's a snake. He's a deceiver. He's the serpent. Mm, and mm. so you're kind of left mm. with, okay, what is God going to do when the people that he's chosen to reverse the curse uh, are are actually functioning like the seed of the serpent as opposed to the seed of the woman, uh, and so that's kind of where we're at. That God is going to have to do some incredible things in the lives of these people to bring about the redemption that He's promised. Amen, amen, and He will do that because God is redeeming that which He has created. Tim, He is restoring that which is broken. Because he will bring all things back for the glory of himself. He created us in the image of God, and now he is going to redeem and restore us back to that image in which he created us. Tim, that's a, that's a great story. All right, let's, let's talk about Jacob for a minute. Jacob the deceiver, Tim. Jake the snake. Jake the snake. Jacob in the line of Abraham has become like the serpent deceiving and being deceptive, stealing the birthright, the blessing, all sorts of things. And now we get to the chapter 28, and here we go. You ready for this? Yeah. Let's, let's read it. Okay. You want to read it? You want me to? You go ahead. All right. Uh, let me read the first five verses here. Genesis 28. It says, Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him, You must not take a wife from the Canaanite women, Arise, go to Padan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. So, you know, one, one of the things that, that this is, it's, it's a, uh, you know, just a few verses and, and probably something we read over, but, but this, is, this is Isaac now succumbing to the idea and, and, and understanding the idea that Jacob is the blessed one that Jacob mm. is supposed to receive the promise. And so he is, he is giving him the promise. He is giving him the blessing. Uh, and, and this blessing has all the echoes of, of, of everything that God has promised to, to uh, his people since before now. So there's the, you know, be fruitful and multiply the Edemic blessing of Genesis one There's the uh, he's going to, he's going to, you're going to become a, a company of peoples, or, or a great nation, right, from Genesis 12. And he promises this, this land, you're going to take possession of this land. Uh, and so, uh, so Jacob is, is, is the one that's going to be uh, who the, the promise of God is going to be carried 
through. Uh, and and Jacob Jacob goes Jacob goes to um, Padan Aram, and uh, and and so that's that's where the story will continue. But before we move on, do you have any thoughts, Rob? God is accomplishing His purposes through the text of Scripture. Isaac, in his old age, is submitting to the Lord and His purposes and plan. Tim, <clears throat> Tim, let's talk about this. We're we're young men, relatively young. We're, we're now middle aged, more more or less than uh, <clears throat> than 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 old, but we're relatively young in our in our in our thoughts here and. Um, <clears throat> If we submit to the Lord at a young age of his plan for us, you think it's better than if we submit at our old age to the Lord? Uh, yes. There you go. And, <laughs> and, and, and when I say this, I say this in, in kind of jest, but at the same time, it's, it's this, this issue of their, there seems to be this understanding that we wrestle with the Lord and then when we're old and wise, then we, we finally submit to him. But we, we, we must submit to his plan for our life, whether it is uh, from a worldly standpoint success or whether it from a worldly standpoint is to glorify his name through, you know, a, a, a from what the world says, an, unsuccessful ministry, God and his purposes and his plan will succeed. I, I think I'm reading the prophets right now. I'm preaching through the prophets. Mm. And uh, I, I read over maybe 10 times this morning where God tells Ezekiel his wife's dying. The wife whom whom is a delight to your eyes is, is going to die. I'm going to take her from you. And he's he says don't mourn over her basically and it's shocking to me it's 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 shocking right you know he tells jeremiah don't don't marry don't have children shocking right like this is completely shocking to christians in our day the lord doesn't want me to uh be perfectly happy in this perfect family and have all these perfect the perfect life and really what it comes down to is it's for the glory of god your life is for the glory of god whether you have a wife or whether you don't have a wife whether you have children or whether you don't have children what is your life it is for the glory of god to reflect the glory of god and actually uh god taking ezekiel's wife in that moment was reflecting um of god's uh his temple being destroyed. And so in, in, in order for Ezekiel to actually reflect what was happening with the people, people that he was preaching to, uh, his own life was a reflection of what God was doing in his world and, and with his people, Israel. And we'll see that through Hosea. We'll see it through uh, different prophets and in the way that their life actually reflects what God's doing in our world. And are we okay with that? To reflect his purpose and his plan for our life, are we okay with uh, it altering our plans? I think that that's what happens with Isaac here is that his plan is for Esau to be the blessed one. His plan is for his oldest, the one whom he loves, the one who has the game, the one who does what he wants to do to be 
and yet God's plan is is way different, and He finally submits to that plan here. But ultimately, whatever the Lord gives to us, whether it's a lot or a little, or it's it's from a worldly standpoint very successful, or if it's not, we ought to to remind ourselves that it's for the glory of God, and yeah. our life is utterly an offering to Him. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, and, I, and I wanted to just remind people of, uh, you know, this, this blessing that Jacob has received, that Isaac has received, that Abraham has received, um, and just make sure people understand what this blessing is all about. Um, you know, it, it's really the blessing is an undoing of God's judgment that he placed upon Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. Um, he's, you know, so the, the question is how is, how is God going to get everything back to way, the way he intended it to be in his original creation? How's he going to do that? Because Adam and Eve had rebelled, mankind rebelled. And so God judged them. And, and the way that he judged them, when you think about what he did to, uh, Adam and Eve, he's, he, he told, Eve, he told the woman, uh, you're going to, you're going to face grief and toil and struggle in, uh, having offspring in, 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 in childbearing and child rearing. Uh, that's going to be a, a, a a difficult thing for you. Um, what did he do with Adam? He said, you are going to toil and struggle against the land. The land is going to be cursed. It's going to produce thistles and thorns. Uh, and, and that's going to be an issue for you. Um, and so, so what is the promise that God is giving Abraham? Well, an offspring, uh, a fruitful offspring that's going to bless the nations um, and he's giving them a land that's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey that is that is an Eden-like place. Uh, and then, and then ultimately, there's the greater work that God is doing. Um, he's through all of this. It's it's to bring about the ultimate offspring uh, <coughs> for His judgment to be landed upon the serpent, and to mm-hmm. ultimately undo. Uh, uh, the wrong and defeat defeat the serpent once and for all. So that's why that's why the, these blessing narratives and these things. This, that's what's so important. It's it's God working and promising to undo what He's had to do because of mankind's rebellion, uh, mm. and it's His His plan unfolding. So and what through. you're saying is God's glory and salvation through judgment. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yes, yes, I think that, so. That's there. I that is so. totally yeah. there. Well, when you uh, when you Great explain book. it that way, it makes complete sense, Tim. Remember your word to your servant. You've given me hope. You've given me hope. My comfort and my suffering is this your promise. All right, now. Let's go to verse 6. Now Esau yeah. saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Padam Aram to take a wife from there, That and that as he blessed him, he directed him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women, and that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Padam Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac, his father, 
Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides the wives he had, Mahalath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Neboth. Jacob left Beersheba, went towards Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head, lay down in the place to sleep, and he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached the heaven. Reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give you to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in you. And your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome in this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Man, that's pretty intense yeah. stuff, Tim. There's a lot there. Now, before we get into Jacob, let me just say a couple things about Esau. Um, because, uh, you know, Esau Esau sees what's going on. He, he It says he saw that, that, uh, that Isaac had blessed Jacob, and he saw that he told Jacob, hey, don't, don't take a wife from the Canaanites, because that's, uh, that's what Isaac has done so far. Or, sorry, that's what Esau has done. And these are, these are moments that I think uh, Esau could have a good response in responding in repentance in realizing uh, the life he's lived. He's already taken two wives, I believe, uh, and, and wives that from a people group that are not good, that are uh, people that practice idolatry, that, that God has said, Hey, don't, don't do this. Um, and and so so Esau could respond in repentance and realizing, okay, I've messed up, and if I can repent and turn towards the Lord and seek to to to, to bless Jacob, then I'm going to receive a part of that blessing because God has said, whoever whoever blesses you, I'm going to bless, and whoever curses you, I'm going to curse. So Esau, even though he's not going to be the the one specifically that God's going to work through, and we've talked about this before. But, but he has an opportunity to seek to remain close to Jacob and uh, to bless him and realize, okay, mm. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, submit my life to God's plan, uh, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And instead, uh, he, he sees his sin and he sins more. And he takes for himself another wife, uh, which is just going to be a whole, bring a whole, about a whole nother problematic situation because it's the daughter of Ishmael. And so, so there's, I'm, you know, it doesn't say this, but I'm sure uh, he has done this to, to, to bring spite upon his father. He goes to his rival and says, all right, I'm going to take a daughter from, from these people over here. Uh, and, and he's doing it to, to, to bring conflict. And, uh, and so, so Esau's response to what he's done is to, is to go further into his sin uh, and I think that's just, you know, goodness, that's the human heart, right? The human heart that has not received mm-hmm. 
God's grace and that has not sought to repent and turn towards the Lord, uh, when when we understand that we've sinned, we just sin more. We make it worse. We right. we we lie, and when we're caught, we lie again, and we make it worse. Uh, and that's what that's what Esau is doing here. He, Esau is he is the heart. He is a, he is a a visual of the heart of mankind uh, that hasn't submitted mm. to his life to God. Mm. Yeah, so many times, Tim, we we dig ourselves a hole, we fall into the hole, and then we say, instead of saying, Lord, help me out of the hole, we keep digging in the hole because we think that maybe if we dig a little bit further, deeper into the hole, that somehow, some way, we might get ourselves out of the hole. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this This is, this is exactly what <clears throat> Esau is doing. He sees... He sees himself, he sees his sin, and then he's like, oh, well, maybe I just marry a different lady of a different race, and maybe it'll all go away. And uh, and re- really, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we do this with our sin. Like, just maybe maybe we exchange our sin for a different sin. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's we, uh, we our, our sin uh, leads us down a path to where we're numb to the next sin that we get into, uh, I, you know, it goes on and on. But when we when we see our, I like how you said that Esau is just a picture of man here, and he is. He's a picture of man trying to fix his own problems. When what he really needs to do is repent, turn to the Lord, and allow the Lord to fix all of the all of the problems of the earth. Hmm. You know, when you mess with the covenant <clears throat> of marriage. Um, there are consequences to that. And uh, there's many there's many in, in this world, probably a lot of listeners um, that are listening to the podcast. It's not an easy fix when you have, um, um, you know, when you've dealt with a covenant relationship in marriage and broken that covenant or you've had children, um, that are of a different covenant or you're trying to blend two new covenants. It's a very difficult thing, uh, to do. And there's, there's, there's a lot of, of, um, things going on here, even with Esau and marriage and, and different things. But, but God is the God of redempting and restoring. And just as he is redu- re- restoring mankind, just as he is giving, uh, Jacob many chances here, uh, God wants to redeem and restore even even covenant breakers. That's what the woman at the well is about. The six, mm-hmm. she's married six men, and and the seventh one is not her husband. And yet Jesus reveals him himself to her, the covenant breaker, um, that he is the Messiah, that he's the one to come and save them, and actually uses her to to bring many people to himself. So, at the end of the day, God wants to heal and restore. Um, a lot of times, God's not going to tell you how to fix the problem you're in. He didn't tell the woman at the well to fix her problem. She, he told her to to look to her, to Him, you know. And uh, that that's that's kind of where mankind is often is we're in such a big hole. We try to fix the problem, and and it gets worse. And what we really need to do is look up to Jesus, find healing and restoration in God in our walk with God. And then these other horizontal relationships will work themselves out. That's good. So, uh, Rob, what do you, uh, 
Jacob goes and uh, he goes toward the land of Haran. This is the this is the a similar journey to uh, what or, or similar events that take place to Abraham. I think this is this is uh, Moses showing the connection with with Abraham and Jacob. It's it's Haran where uh, Abraham is headed when God reveals Himself uh, to him, and he comes there to a certain place. When the sun has had set, uh, he takes a he takes a stone and he. Uh, he goes to sleep and he has this dream and there's this ladder. What, Rob, what, what do you, uh, what do you make of this ladder with these angels going up and down the ladder? Well, I, I, uh, when I envision this, I envision heaven coming to earth. And so, uh, you know, just like God reveals himself to, uh, Ezekiel with the chariot, um, in the throne room scene or, or, or God's revealing himself to Isaiah in the throne. This is, this is definitely a revelation of where heaven and earth is coming together. Um, there is this, 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 this joining of heaven and earth um, where God is making this promise that he has not, for, he has not abandoned his creation. He's not abandoned uh, Adam and Eve. He's not abandoned uh, Abraham. He's not abandoned Isaac, and he's not abandoning Jacob. And he 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 reaffirms the covenant promise here to Abraham himself, and um, he says, "Behold, I'm with you, and will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land." Um. And so, so I, I think the latter is is this this idea that God has not abandoned uh, the people of Earth, the creation, in which has has marred His image by sin. He is still working. He is still fulfilling His covenant promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and ultimately the covenant promise that He will crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. No, that's good, and and uh. I think there's a so there's a couple connections here I'd like to make regarding this ladder. Uh, most Old Testament scholars, you know, so when you you hear the word ladder in our context, we think of a you know a metal ladder we get up on our roof with that we get from you know Lowe's or Ace or hardware store or whatever. I don't think that's the type of ladder. I, most people think it's it's a uh, more of an, an ancient Near Eastern ziggurat with steps that are Ooh. going up. Uh, and like and the tower of language, Babel, right. When you have this language, uh, that's set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. That's the same language from a Genesis 11, where the people are trying to reach to the heavens. Uh, and so this is God coming down. So this is a, uh, this is a place in which the divine realm is intersecting with an earthly realm. Uh, and, and it, much like a, you know, it's a, those ziggurats were meant to be seen as, as mountain type structures, uh, and, and Eden mm. was on a mountain. So it's this, this place of, 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 of where God meets humanity, uh, and, and the, the human, the earthly realm and the heavenly realm, divine realm, they, they intersect and they join here. Um, and so, so I think that's, that's, that's what's going on. So this is meant to be seen as an anti-babble. This is not, this is not 
you know, Jacob setting this up and trying to get to God. This is God coming to him. And so I think you're exactly right. This is God showing himself faithful. Uh, but another very interesting connection is that uh, Jesus quotes this in uh, John, John 1, uh, when he he's early on in his ministry, he's, he's calling disciples, he's calling people to follow him. Uh, and he, uh, he calls Philip and Nathaniel and, uh, he, he, he calls Philip first and then he tells, uh, uh, he says in, let's see, 45, Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite, indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, here's the key verse, John 1, 51, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Uh, and, and what you see, especially in John, but, but throughout all the Gospels, uh, when Jesus talks about the temple and he talks about it's going to be destroyed in three days, or it's going to be destroyed and in three days, I'm going to raise it up again. Uh, he's saying that he is now the fulfillment of the temple. Uh, and, and what the temple was, was a, was a place that was like where Jacob had interacted. It was a place where heaven and, and earth come together, where mankind interacts with God and they mediate for God. Um, and, and Jesus is, is saying in the new covenant, that temple, that space, that's going to come down because I'm going to fulfill that. I am uh, I am the promise that God uh, has 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 given to the world to redeem it. Um, I am the way of salvation, and so here you you get a, a foreshadowing of that that God is coming, uh, that this is a divine place where God will uh, he will he will work through his people. He will work through uh, the the nation that he will make of of Jacob. They will they will be responsible for the temple. They will be a, a kingdom of, of priests. Um, but all of this is, is looking forward to the day when Christ himself will be that ladder, uh, when it is, it is through him that we will uh, be restored into a relationship with God. I will not turn away. I meditate on your ancient ways and they comfort me. Oh, your decrees are my song. incredible incredible truths of scripture and how the bible comes together right here on the creed indeed podcast you don't want to miss it 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 all comes together tim the bible is coming alive but christ is at the center again even if this christ is basically saying i'm the fulfillment of the stairway to heaven 
because yeah. not only is he the way, the truth, and the life, no one can come to the Father except through him. He is descending upon from heaven to earth, and where heaven and earth meet is now where the kingdom of God dwells, and that is in Christ, right? Yeah. So the kingdom, yeah. the heaven has now come down to earth. The kingdom of heaven is now here because that is where Christ or where God dwells. And so right. all of these things are true because now um, even, even here in the wording here, uh, behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. Um, I will not leave you. I will have, I've done what I promise you. Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. It's, it's the dwelling of God. You know, right. when we, we talk about this in the Garden of Eden with the dwelling place of the Lord. The Garden of Eden is, is representative of the, the dwelling place of God and where man and God dwelt, the, the mountain of the Lord, if you will, where the dwelling place of God dwelt among men. And now we're seeing it with Jacob in the promise of him being through the offspring of Abraham, the promise of Abraham, the blessings of Abraham coming to Jacob, the one who is the uh, the snake, Jake the snake. Now God is saying, you know what? I'm going to redeem and restore him. And I'm going to come to him. I'm going to bring about my fulfillment even through the snake. God is good. Yeah, that's and 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 if we were just to carry this a little bit further. Uh, you know, Jesus comes and, and he says that, you know, he is the temple, uh, and he, he, he dies and he rises and, uh, then he ascends and he sends his spirit to dwell in us so that now we are the temple, right? Uh, right. we have the spirit we are the of Christ in us. God. So we are now the ultimate fulfillment of this ladder. We are, uh, the, the intersection between the divine and earthly realm so that we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. We are, uh, we are in this, you know, already not yet existence in which we are, uh, as second Corinthians five says, we are ministers of reconciliation. Um, we are, we are new creations. And so we are the ultimate fulfillment, I think of this as, as we possess the spirit and we do what the spirit has commissioned us to do and empowers us to do. Um, and so, so we, uh, you know, we as believers live in such a privileged position uh, to be able to have the Spirit of Christ, uh, the presence of God, dwelling inside of us. That's a pretty, yeah. pretty remarkable thing to think about. Look at. I want you to see verse seventeen. How awesome is this place? Moses is is is, is pointing this out for us through this story, but. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. The idea of the house of God, the idea of the tabernacle, the idea of God dwelling among his people, right here. Right. Yeah. No, this, I mean, this is it. You know, well, fulfillment and, and so of, of all of this when we, is Christ. When we continue, but, uh, when we continue reading, um, you know, Jacob says, you know, he awakes from his sleep says, surely the Lord is in this place. I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Uh, you know, those are, those are pretty theologically impactful words. Uh, and the then gate. he calls it Bethel, which is the house of God. 
And so, um, yeah, this is the gate. This is the gate. I am the gate. Right. Right. right, I am the door. Um, and, and, and right. This is the land in which, in which salvation, uh, is going to be won when Christ comes. This is, he's, he's, you know, uh, this is the land that is promised that God that is blessed by God. That's right. That's right. To bring about the savior. I mean, of heaven yeah. and earth. I mean, this is it right here. This is it. Can anything blessed become come from Nazareth, right? That's what he says. Right. I mean, this is, the Lord knows what he is doing. All of it right. throughout. Let's, let's finish the verses here. So yeah. early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he's put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called that name the place Bethel. But the name of the city was Luz at the time. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and I will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all and of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Wow. Yeah, that's good. I think, I think you can see that, uh, Jacob is still on a journey because his response is, uh, you know, if he, he's still a little iffy, right? If God will be with me Can, and will keep me in this way, God, God then, has already promised. Then the Lord be shall be with me, you know. Then, or then shall shall the Lord be be my God. Um, you know, I, I think I think you'd want to, you, you'd hope for a little bit more from Jacob. Uh, Jacob's still got a journey. J- God is not done with Jacob. God will will meet Jacob again. Uh, after he's, he's been through it. Um, but you know, one thing I want, I want to point out because, because it's always good to remember who's writing and the context in which, uh, the author is writing. Moses is the author. Moses is writing, um, uh, for the people of God who have come out of Egypt. They are, I, I believe they were in, uh, the wilderness, um, probably in that 40 year period where he's putting these things and he's reminding, uh, his people of these things. And so, so all of these stories that he's picking out and choosing to, to write about, uh, have, have implications for them. And so when you, when you think about Jacob's life and you think about his journey, um, Jacob is, is, is being sent to a foreign land, uh, and in that foreign land, he's going to be—he's going to grow, he's going to become a mighty nation, uh, and and the, the 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 primary figure that he's going to interact with is going to be jealous of him. Uh, he's going to um, attempt to oppress really, him, huh? He's going to—he's uh, going to oppress. He's going to yeah, he's going to oppress him, uh, and yet uh, Jacob is going to leave, and really robbing him, him right? And, 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 and there's this promise that he's going to bring him back to the land. So I think Moses is seeing the life of Jacob and seeing how the people of Israel and what they've just been through is a, is a, is, is the same thing. And so it's, 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 it's Moses telling the people, Hey, we've been here before your father, Jacob has been here before. God showed himself faithful. We have a promise that we are going to inherit the land, that we are going to be a blessing to the nation. So take heart. I think it's also, you know, if it's a foreshadowing of the Exodus, it's also a foreshadowing of the exile. Um, that that God 
sends his people into exile because of their disobedience, because of their hardness of heart and adultery. And yet in the prophets, as much as he casts down judgment upon them, he also promises, hey, I'm going to bring you back. Uh, and I, and, and I'm not going to forget you. And there's going to be a remnant that's going to return. And through that remnant, I'm going to fulfill these promises. And I think, uh, there is a, uh, there's a connection with Hosea 12, uh, Hosea 12, where, where, you know, Hosea is, is, is meant as a, as, as a prophet to, to, to be a picture to Israel of who they are and of God's judgment upon them. And it says, in in Hosea uh, 12 verse two, the Lord has an indictment against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. He will repay him according to his deeds. In the womb, he took his brother by the heel. And in his manhood, he strove with God. So he's talking about Jacob's life here. He strove with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He met God at Bethel and there God spoke with us. So, so, so. Hosea here is is seeing these events and he's applying them to the nation as a whole. Um, the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord is is his memorial name. So you, by the help of your God, return, hold fast to love and justice and wait continually for your God. And you go down to verse 12. Uh, he says, Jacob fled to the land of Aram. There Israel served for a wife and for a wife he guarded sheep by a prophet the Lord brought Israel up from Egypt, and by a prophet he was guarded. Ephraim has given bitter provocation, so his Lord will leave his blood guilt on him and will repay him for his disgraceful deeds. Uh, so, so Hosea makes a connection between Jacob and between Moses and between him coming out of the land of Aram and, and the prophet of the Lord, who is Moses, being brought up out of Israel. Um, and if that's the case, then I think what you see throughout Jacob's life is not just a foreshadowing of the exodus and the exile, uh, but it's also a foreshadowing of salvation itself. Mm. That mm. Jacob's journey that he takes in his life mm. is our journey. Um, mm. Jacob, you know, we we are, as Ephesians 2 says, dead in our sins. We are deceivers. We are liars. We are cheaters. Um, and, and God in his grace meets us. He comes to mm. us. Jacob, Jacob didn't you know, this is all of God. This is all of God doing in his life. Um, we, we don't, we don't earn our way. God comes to us in our state of rebellion and he meets us through the person and work of Christ. And, 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 and we, we turn our lives to him. We repent. And that's, that's the journey that Jacob is, is traversing. And that's the journey of all of yeah. our lives. Man, I, uh, <clears throat> you, we, we don't talk about this enough, but while you were talking about this story and in God's redemption of Jacob, <clears throat> you know, we only talk about in the story of Adam and Eve, man's sin and the broken covenant <clears throat> with God that he has there and how he, you know, breaks the command that God has given. And as a result, sin enters and he's punished and, but does God not provide the animal covering over Adam and Eve even in after they're exiled from the garden? For sure. Does, does he not provide Absolutely. children for them? You know, does he not provide? Uh, obviously, Cain and Abel have sacrifices of something, 
does he not provide the animals to eat and also the the uh <clears throat> the plants to grow for food the 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 example is not just Israel and Egypt the example is Adam and Eve the example sure. is exile in in oh, yeah. in in uh in Babylon the example is 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 plenty it's God's way of showing us the gospel and what we need is his grace and his mercy and reliance upon that may we turn repent and uh, see the Lord for who he is and see Christ as our salvation. Our response to that is is key in all this, but may we see the people in the Bible and may we see um, our response is, is a response of worship to our God. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I mean, we've talked about this, about this before, but Genesis 1 through 3, it just lays down uh the rest of the themes that are carried out through the bible like everything every every other story from there and on out is just a kind of a just a, a uh more maybe deeper way of understanding those themes that are in genesis 1 through 3 um and i'm i'm right now i'm i'm, I'm teaching through genesis 1 through 3 uh we're approaching the end of chapter 3 but but man we could go back and do a do a whole lot. There's so much more in Genesis three that I didn't even realize was there as I've as I've taught it to my church. Uh, but yeah, everything is lined out there, and so this is, you know, this, <clears throat> it, it's it's these themes. It's it's exile, salvation from exile, God's uh, God's glory and salvation through judgment, <laughs> over and over and over and over, uh, yeah. is what you see throughout all these stories. Uh, and we're going to continue to see it in Jacob's life. And- what do you think about uh, the tenth here that he says, "I'm going to give a tenth to you"? Is that is that from Abraham? Yeah, I think I think it's meant to cue us in that this is uh, Jacob is a you know we did a we did an episode on Isaac and he was Abraham 2.0. Jacob here is Abraham 3.0. Uh, right. His 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 response is similar here. Um, the blessing is similar. Uh, in fact, we, we could get into it, but. But almost everything uh, in uh, that Jacob in his dream that God speaks to him, almost every single one of those lines has already been said of God to Abraham or to Isaac. Uh, it's the exact same language that has already been, and so so this is it's just a, a reaffirmation of God's promises that He's going to continue to work, uh, and that that this you know Jake the snake uh, that God's got a plan for him too. And, you know, and if we were to just to to bring it down to just everyday life application, I would just say this, nobody is beyond uh, God changing their life. Uh, You know, Jacob is not a a great person. Um, And I would just say, you know, I think we have a tendency to just kind of gloss over certain things, but Jacob gets sent out from his home and he has absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, he's he's probably got some some provisions to get where he's going, and that's it. He's got right. he's got nothing. He's he's using a stone as a pillow. Uh, he's homeless right now. Um, so I would just yeah. you know to listeners that are are going through a tough time, like like this is. Could you imagine being Jacob? Like you, he has absolutely nothing. But it's it's in those moments of absolute where where Jacob hits rock bottom. Literally, his head hits a rock. 
uh, it's where God, it's where God oftentimes chooses to meet us and to show mm-hmm. himself faithful and to say, Hey, I have a plan for your life. And, um, he, he begins to work, work through those Amen. difficult circumstances. Amen. Well, brother, it's been a joy and privilege to, uh, to be on with you today. And hopefully we'll have this on, on video for our, our new listeners that like to, to watch us negotiate the, the scriptures together. But, uh, we'll be on next week and, uh, <clears throat> you have a blessed time as you go about your day and you're listening to Creed Indeed podcast. Come Come on live and like us. Give us some comments so we can we hey, can discuss some me. things. We got we we got a new review, and I, we promise our listeners Tell me about it. that if you give a review, then we'll read it on air. We got yeah. a review. We have what's that? We review? now have two reviews. I'm about to read it right now. Read it. Read it. This 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 comes from someone we know very well. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up. Pulling it up. Here we go. So if you're if you're trying to figure out what a review is, if you go on to our podcast and give us a rating, please refer us to a five star rating. That would be great. And give us a review. More people will listen to our podcast. That's right. And that'll be great. This review comes from Erskine A. If you don't know who Erskine A is, and you need to go back and listen to our previous podcast because we had him on the show. But he says, "Man, should have been listening to this for a while now." But I'm glad that I finally found it. Clear theology from two authentic dudes. There you go, man. Thanks, Erskine. It's fun. Appreciate you. Thanks, you. Thank you, Erskine. Appreciate that. We'll have you on the show again soon. All right, man. All right. It's Creed Deed. We're, we're peacing out on the Creed and Deed podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. See ya. This has become my way. I will obey your law. This has become my way. Thank you for listening to Creed Indeed. We are a podcast seeking to discuss biblical truth and its application to everyday life. If you are enjoying the conversations that Rob and I are having, then we'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and consider giving us a rating and some feedback as well as like our page on Facebook. That will allow us to better be able to interact with our listeners. Our theme music, entitled King of the Mountain, is by our dear friend Erskine Anavitarte. And our interlude and concluding music comes to you from a very talented husband and wife duo called Poor Bishop Hooper. All of their information can be found in the show notes below each episode. We want to close with this verse from Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Grace and peace.